This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I think I left about four. No one honestly really cares. Steve's calling me while I'm holding, getting ready for this deer to stand up. I'm glad you took this deer out. He doesn't even drive American. See, that deer's what's exactly what's wrong with this country, right? He doesn't even support local American-made deer-compatible vehicles. <laughs> That one, that one arrow cost me thirty-three thousand dollars. Just aiming too long and just moved a little bit. And I was like, "Oh no, it fired!" You know, crap. I knew as soon as it left, it was just a little high. But he came right out in the field, made a scrape right in the cornfield, started grunting, walked thirty yards, made another scrape. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Episode number 72, right on time. Coughing as usual. What's going on? This is the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast right here in sunny Sherrard, Illinois. 1600 Bucks Slayer Place right here in the famous Bucketorium. I am Steve, the one with the mouth. Joining me in the studio, as always, right on time. You like that? I do. You're just so, you got it down, man. It's, dude, it's packed. You were on time tonight, too. I was way on time. You were here before I was. I've literally got nothing but time anymore, guys. It's pretty good. This is Eric, by the way. I'm here. Kurt's in the house. Um, Guys, I gotta say, we gotta get this out of the way right away before we do anything else, because I'm excited about it. And uh, everyone on Facebook should know we're excited about it. We turned an old deer target into an antelope. You were target. so proud of this thing. Because it took me five minutes. I didn't have to spend any money. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a fantastic venture. I was so happy to be there. Guys, I'd just <laughs> like to thank... Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, t- if you have an old deer target laying around, you got some white spray paint, some black spray paint, look at a picture of an antelope on Google Images, spray paint that thing, spray paint the antlers on the little target and cut them off, you have yourself a poor man's antelope target. Perfect. That's right. That's all hey, I that's got. Guys, we're, we're innovative. We're also not only innovative, but we're brought to you by the Bone Shed right there in pretty sunny, overcasty, not overcasty. It's a gorgeous day, always in Ottawa. 4200 MBL Drive is the Bone Shed. Give those guys a call. They've got tons of stuff that they need to sell you that you need on your bow, on your person, in your soul. Go down there and see Poppy. Um, Poppy is the man when it comes to setting up a bow. Best customer service out there. Love Poppy. Any archery shop, I personally guarantee that. It's you, you can't, can't beat it. You can't go wrong. You cannot beat it. Um, they know everything. 
in my opinion. If if I have a question, it gets answered. You know, if I have an issue with something, it gets taken care of. You really can't ask yeah. for anything. I've never else. heard "I don't know" come out of Poppy's mouth uh, ever. Speaking of stuff you need to own, uh, Badlands Packs has this uh, pack that would just popped up the the Tree Hugger, and it's not like the Tree Hugger that you know would go and go nuts at a, a Trump rally. This is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This pack, pull that, pull that up one time. If you go to BadlandsPacks.com, you'll be able to see it. I'm trying. Kurt's a trying here. There she is. There it is. Um, it's yeah. got the unconditional warranty. <laughs> it, it goes from a fanny pack, and then it like opens up where it'll hug the tree, and it's like a like a toolbox looking thing. It just got a little and basket fold, in it. Um, 750 cubic inches tree stand basket. Um, water bottle pockets. Fold out stand organizer basket. Um, so if you spend a lot of time in the tree stand, it's pretty much the the pack for you. Because I always sit before before this stuff. I would sit in my stand with my backpack unzipped. Well, when you have so much gear in, it'll just pull your bag open. Next thing you know, all your stuff's all over the ground. Or you go to pull one thing out, and everything comes with it. Right, it's just yeah. a mess. So for those of you who like having that pack that's in the tree that you can reach and get but then again you don't like dragging everything in you like the fanny pack because it's slim this is the best of both worlds and the price tag on it's a hundred bucks can't beat that yeah. with their warranty and the quality you can't beat it also brought to you by smith's custom meats and oh what, what do you say not as sunny uh, not as sunny. this is uh slightly <laughs> slightly sunny <laughs> viola illinois Best deer processor. I know we're saying it's the best, but we really like we are partnered with these people because we believe in it. Um, the guys got it down when it comes to deer processing. I mean, it's food. We, if we have bad food, we're going to tell we're you it's actually, bad food, but he's it's ex- awesome. He's expanding right now, and we're going to go do some uh, some videos there um, just showing you. He's going he's gonna to give us a tour of the – this is an inside sneak peek that everybody's going to be able to see. He's going to show us uh, – some of the stuff and the operation, pretty the, the much. operation, you know, you want to talk about a guy who knows how to cook meat. That's the guy like this guy's got it down. He knows how to handle a sausage, man. <laughs> He's got it down. He <laughs> to a T to a T. It's a, uh, it was nuts. Yeah. He, um, great family. Uh, everything about that operation that they run is fantastic. Right. And uh, last but not least, everyone knows Creative Critters Taxidermy. Oh, Marky um, Mark. If you listen back two episodes ago, episode 70, we did a turkey talk episode, and Mark Reif was on and talked about the whole process of mounting a turkey, and if you just need to go back and listen to it if you haven't, and you'll have a, a different respect for what a turkey mount is, and you'll look at Creative Critters Taxidermy in the same way we do um, when you realize how creative and artistic Mark is at what he does. Um, so check out Creative Critters Taxidermy on Facebook, the one in beautiful Geneseo, Illinois. Be- there you go. Beautiful. beautiful Geneseo. On with the show. We are going to get into that. We're going to do something special. Um, our guest on the show is our very good buddy, Gene Miller. What's up, Gene? Hello, world. I'm hello. glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's about time. We've been, more like hello, Midwest. Regional. We've been, we've been <laughs> talking about having... We've been having talking about having you on since like episode one yeah minnesota just took over as our number one listening state that's awesome illinois iowa what are you guys doing i know it so we we usually do the vet shout out um well i usually try to it's a new thing but since you are a vet 
we're going to let you do the vet shout out this week. Man, that's awesome, man. And since you guys started, I appreciate that because there's mm-hmm. nothing better than our freedom and too many people take it for granted and it's like right. the blood and sweat of our veterans. So my shout out would actually, I'd like to give it to a bunch of guys and that's the whole third 504 parachute infantry regiment uh, in the 82nd airborne division. That's where I served and mm-hmm. that's where I can name all kinds of hunters and all kinds of buddies, but cool. Cool. So, well, awesome. We well, appreciate your service and all of their yeah, service. Uh, it's awesome. That's yeah. what's, uh, that's when ass whooping falls out of the sky, right? It's in a, you want to open up a can of whoop ass. There you go. <laughs> Throw them right out of an airplane. That is some badass dudes right there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was going to, I was going to go further into how badass that is, but I limited my, my language. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> um, well, we're, we're, uh, we always want to thank all the vets. Again, if you have a vet shout-out or an active-duty service member, they'd let us know. We're, we're more than happy to. Believe us, it, it's it's an honor for us to to be able to mention these people and, and know their names. So, um, yeah, with uh, thank you for your service, and let's get into it. Uh, right. Thank you. What's so, going on, buddy? Not much, man. I look at <laughs> Enjoying the day. and We've been yeah, talking about getting Steve you on an episode. Guy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah Gene... <laughs> You uh, actually, I should say this. Steve should be taking notes off of Gene's diet because Steve's got to lose thirty pounds by June fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Closing in deal. on a month. Oh boy! This should start. be your idol right here. You can do your it. Influence. You just gotta have He's, a mind over matter. Yeah, you're, you're you don't mind, and that food don't matter. <laughs> Man, no, I've been I've been struggling. Not 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 horribly, but it's just it's trying to find the right balance. You know, like I don't right. eat trash anymore, and you know, I what am I biggest things of why i want to lose weight just like so if i'm in a tree stand like there's no second guess and like i know it's rated for 250 pounds but eh, let's be under that <laughs> well that too <laughs> and it's like i think i've told you this before and eric's climbed some of my tree stands before it's like i really don't think and no offense to this but it's like i push you and i give you shit to lose weight because i care about you but i don't think you could get into my tree stands there's no way it's just it's difficult for me to get in and I'm not saying I'm skinny and the most in shape guy, but you know, I make them hard to get in because no one wants to get in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you so, know, this last fall and I can speak to that. Cause I actually, you know, years ago I started hunting 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I actually bow hunting. I started 34 years ago normally, but I used to get in the old hang on tree stands, you know, with right. the screw in pegs and stuff uh-huh. and way up there and climb like a monkey. Was know? that the old hang ons that had like the chain, the chain that wrapped around? Oh, yeah. boy. I have a couple I, of those I bought off I Trevor. I still have one. <laughs> it's sitting in the in the barn right now. But yeah, uh, you know, and you go up there and you're fighting that chain and stuff, you know. Do you those, remember the company that made those stands? Oh, not offhand. I can see the uh, logo, but I. I think they might have been River's Edge way back then or something. Yeah, they've been around for a while. I killed a real big buck these guys I hunted with. I didn't mean to cut off your story, but nope. they had this old school stand like that with a chain, and it was bright red. Huh. And so I could, don't know So you why. could see it or like what? It was, it was like fading off, so part of it was like raw, raw metal, <laughs> and yeah, it's bright red, a bright red tree stand. Yeah, but I used to scale those trees, you know, and yeah. and climb up there, no belt, no rope and all that. <laughs> You know, and well, even then, my belt was what is now you can't even use was just a waist belt that went around. Oh yeah, you know, right. which if you fell would actually slip up your body and under your armpits and then squeeze oh, yeah. you to death. That's right? Why they I think they Man. banned them, but uh, yeah, it's it's always funny seeing like just the old tree stands, like you know, especially like because you've been hunting for for quite a while, so like I know you've seen you know some of the old boys' inventions where it's like, dude, they, somebody was getting rid of a deck. 
or something, and they throw it up in there. Like, like what I hunt out of, like it's it used to be a, like a front porch deck, and they just raised it up in the tree, <laughs> slapped it in a tree. It's actually, Mark and I built one like that once, and one of our old buddies on a land, and we built this suite in a in a tree, you know, <laughs> basically climbing up there and. Our buddy, you know, when he gets into something, gets full blown into oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. He's got to build this, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. It's like before we know, in you know, it. We just sort of a kitchen and everything on it, you know, but not you really. Got a lazy right, boy right. out there you can yeah. sleep in. I'm like, and... man, we're hunting deer. We're building a condominium in a <laughs> right. tree. Right. <laughs> I like, there's something about it for me when I hang a tree stand. I almost have to be like a little uncomfortable. I don't know what, I, that's hard to explain probably, but. If it if it stands too comfortable, I don't feel stealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I like to sit as tight as I can against a tree. Right, and I hold my bow. I I, I know you guys talked about that once. Oh, yeah. I think it was with Logan and, and right. uh, where it feels weird. But man, I will not hunt hanging my bow up. I've just done it ever since I've had a bow. And right, I, really. I leave it on my lap. I you just know, like the big crazy. hangers, or, or it's just in front of you. So it's you're, just right there where you just go. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're talking set. maybe. 10 inches of slow movement to grab your bow. That's what I like. But yeah. you know, See, I just like to be on the ready. I'll have it in my hand. I'll have. I'll keep my uh, my release hooked, and, you know, I'll get an itch, right. and it'll take about a minute for me to even move my arm up and try <laughs> to scratch it, you know, and that's not that a bad time, thing. the itch is gone. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> you always get that itch right when the deer's coming in. You're like, crap. Yeah, it's it's weird. You made a reference back to an episode. But like, it, it, it's odd having people on that actually listen to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to every one, you know. Yeah, well, we appreciate Long-time that. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, <laughs> there, you there you go. Yeah, because no, so, someone listens to Rush. You actually, you listened before you even knew us personally, which was cool. And right. then, yeah, we all just hit it off because you're good buddies with Mark Rife from Creative Critters. and Yeah, you came up with him. To, the, yeah, to our first shoot. Yeah. That's where we met. And yeah, him and I have known each other for, I think, 35 years so it's since fifth grade. So I, feel ba- I feel bad for Who's him, Who's the better bow hunter, Gene, you or Mark? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> We're both good in, pre- in different ways. Right, <laughs> right. That's He'll him say saying I'm is, better. I'll say I am, so. I know, I just I had to ask that question. I just wanted to see what we kind of answer We argue about who kills most deer and who does what. And right. Well, well but. Um, he's, he's pretty darn good. You have uh, you have the advantage. This is one of the things we wanted to talk about, um, or you call it the advantage. We're gonna we're gonna grill you on this. You like to use the moon. Now I think I, I we don't know if you're into like Wick and stuff. So let me see the back of your hands. I don't know if you like cut stuff. like yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> boiling <laughs> cauldrons of blood. Yep, I'm not <laughs> just looking at the moon and bleeding and doing <laughs> bloodletting. So yeah, that's this is a topic we need to get you back in and uh, on the podcast. And we'll even go even deeper into it, and maybe we'll get Mark around. And we'll have a debate. We'll do like a team debate, like in high school, you know, and you had a debate team. When we'll talk about hunting the moon. Well, none of us are virgins, so that's not going to work out real well. well. You don't know my life, <laughs> right, guys? None of us are, right? All right, <laughs> right, right. right. Okay. Someone's a little self-conscious over Just there. Just checking. But uh, hunting the moons, there's a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, a lot of it's like, oh, you always hear this. I feel like, and maybe I just don't really personally. I don't pay that close attention to. it. I'm aware of it, but you always hear like, oh, it's a full moon, the deer won't be moving. Or that, or whatever you know, it's bright at night. The deer, I don't know. Yeah, they move. They a lot move. of people say if it's a full moon, you know, the deer are moving a lot more at night or midday. Yeah, or, which, yeah. See, right. it's both. Yeah, you hear right. all sorts of stuff because they're moving all night. So then they go take a little nap, and then they're moving midday. But I always question that because when the moon's out, it's a little bit lighter out. So like, it's it, wouldn't it be easier for predators to see? You know, so I've always I've always kind of questioned that, and I've just I've never 
tried to look into it that deeply. I you know, think I think the predators are going to be predators regardless. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, they're hungry. They're, they're instinctual. So. Right. Well, what I think is, I don't honestly, I'm not that into it, into the moon face stuff, like I said, but when there's, the moon definitely does have an effect on, on animal and people. Because people get weird when it's a full moon. Like yeah, you just people you always hear it. driving weird. Full moon out. Yeah, I or, read a study that they said it doesn't happen. But I'm like, come on, son. It's like, got to. You, you, it, it has to. That's that's the Illuminati. That or I just go no. to Walmart every time there's a full moon for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, what the hell is it? A full moon? <laughs> it's got to be entertaining to watch the people. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So, Gene, what? What is it about the moon phase? Because maybe we're overplaying it to seem like you're super, super into it. But I feel like. I feel like you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a freak that way. It's just something I've always followed, and I right. think I was sharing with you guys before the show. You know, I still have a VHS tape of, of Moonbeams, which was, I think, the original guide for Moon Phase. Mm-hmm. And uh, so over the years, you know, when I first started bow hunting, I I didn't have anybody teach me. I learned on my own, and I started watching videos. There was no internet. Right. You know, so I didn't get to go watch YouTube and see this. So Where was the place to get those those uh, VHS and videos like that? Man, now I don't really remember where I got them. I might have got them at Walmart or Farm and Fleet. Or, or mailed know, in for them. Mailed in for them. <laughs> you know, oh, really yeah. I forgot that. Send a check a in and get it three <laughs> yeah. weeks later. Because back then, you know, well, you had VHS tapes everywhere. That's all they sold. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, that's the only transition. I, but that's so weird. That's the only way you get media. Like you couldn't like check it out on YouTube, or you couldn't just go to Walmart like all the time. Well, you'd have to it. go buy the actual yeah. tape. Like, you, you had to see a preview. That's probably how like a oh, lot of guys. You know what I bet. Money. It was one of those like commercials where it's like call and order the VHS oh, thing. Yeah, get yeah. like get like a free keychain with it. So you, so you got this this moon phase tape. And, and it made sense, you know. Right, I, right. I started watching it. and So what I always learned about it and what I've learned over time, I mean, the moon does affect. It's got a gravitational pull, and it does mm-hmm. have an effect, I think, with the pressure when it travels and what's called the superior or inferior times. Mm-hmm. You know, it has effect on animals and people. Mm-hmm. So I've always followed it and watched, you know, and, and started, you know, especially with the internet. Now that you can go to salunarforecast.com or some of the other ones out there. Yeah, we had a couple of them <clears throat> pulled up. Let me, uh... It's kind of weird how it affects that, being that it's an alien base and we've never been there and the Earth is <laughs> flat. <laughs> it never happened. We Actually, have, uh... <laughs> let, me, let me pull this up here. I'm trying to figure it out, but, um... I wonder how many people, like, if you took, like, a percentage, like, how many people are... Hunt, hunt based off the moon phases and or do it to a point where it really affects on I bet you there's a lot more than you think that actually go yeah. off the moon phases and follow it. So this is uh salunarforecast.com. This is a website you're just talking about and this is um yeah, worldwide salunar best hunting and fishing times. See, that's always kind of interesting to me where it's like they give you the best time it's like they said that's the best time. Well, you know, it depends. I, I always thought it kind of depend on where your stand was, yep. where your property is. Because, yeah, if deer are moving on someone else's property, that doesn't really matter. See, yet. I was going to get into that because, like I said, you, you have an inferior time and a superior time, or what's called overhead and underfoot. <clears throat> and what you want to, excuse me, what you want to see is when the moon is overhead, you know, directly at your zenith, which is straight overhead, mm-hmm. that's your superior time. And if you follow that time, and I can't remember what the numbers are now, like I was saying, I think it was I, 12 and a half hours is probably a good safe bet, but it might be like 1213 or 1243. But hmm. if you take when your moon is directly overhead, 
and and say that's at noon mm-hmm. well, you want to go fast forward 12 and a half hours so then at 12 30 a.m it's going to be underneath so at those mm-hmm. times when it's at your zenith and your underfoot those are supposed to be the direct times that they have pressure that move animals oh um, that's interesting you gotcha. know and steve hit it you know it, it really depends too on where you're at as far as your stand location so just because you see deer or aren't seeing deer doesn't mean they're moving because you, right. you need to be between their bed and their kitchen, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, at those times, though, they are moving. They're they're what I call crepusculous animals or crepuscular. And it's a big word. He's going to start Googling it. He's <laughs> like, hmm. But I'm, it now, I'm using base word pus. That's nasty. <laughs> too. But they are crepusculous animals, what they're called, and that basically defines them as moving at at twilight either at dawn or or you know before dusk at twilight hours mm-hmm. so they're always going to move you know during the nighttime and stuff that would become nocturnal but during the daytime at those certain times is also a different pressure that puts on them and i think it encourages them to get up or whatnot you know like mm-hmm. the full yeah. moon right right and when the full moon comes you know they have all that moonlight all night where they can go around and, and browse and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when your deer might get lazy enough that they're not going to move until maybe the full moon comes out. You know, right, they can right. stay bedded until. So on this. Yeah, where their right. bed and kitchen is the same place. Right. <laughs> so, I, I agree. <laughs> so on this website, you can enter your zip code and then like the month and then um, the year. I guess it. Okay, yes. And then it just basically gives you like we entered today. Obviously, for in our zip code, Sherrard, Illinois, um, and it has major period one has ended. Major period two begins in four hours, nineteen minutes, and thirty-five seconds from now. It's got like a countdown. Minor period one has ended. Minor period two has ended. What is that? What you were just explaining with? Okay. Right. Yep. Your your major times are going to be at your overhead, and your minor times right. are going to be at your under underfoot. Okay. It's kind of cool though how you can go. It gives you the date option where you can go back and see, like, it'd be kind of cool to go back and see what day we shot our bucks, what yeah, time. I guess you could do that, couldn't you, with yeah, this? Yeah, so you can totally you track it. Yeah. yeah, check it. Oh, we should do that. We'll have to. And I'm see not if gonna that's do it right in now, our but... major times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Damn, that, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, Look it up. Don't you remember what date you shot your buck? Uh, October 25th. 25th. I guess take I, a look. I could do that real quick. Okay, so we'll go. So what's this one saying, though? Like, okay, let's look. So for today, it's uh, May so you, 3rd. And this is saying it'll it'll it, show you. So it gives it, yeah, it gives it like a rating, a star rating on how good the hunting and fishing is going to be. So today is a one star rating, and like this Friday is going to be a four star rating. Um, and then it gives like you can click explanation and it explains why. So today, the explanation for one star is. Hold on, let me go to it here. Um. Let's see if it. Oh, it doesn't really say. Are based on the moon's phase being fourteen percent waning crescent and is rated as a one star or average day as the moon transitions to a full or new moon. The uh, solar the solar theory predicted value will rise. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to change right, based on it. your moon phase, and that's what they mm-hmm. base the stars off of. So, so twilight a, was the like first quarter moon and the last quarter moon. Those are my favorite. I think. You know, because you're going to get more daytime movement versus the full moon. You're going to get more nighttime movement. So when you look at the minor and major times, you know, that'll kind of tell you when it's up and down. And if you watch each day, uh, you'll see those times change, you know. Yeah. So right here. So 
maybe a major time is like 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, yeah, not shooting hours. Right. Yeah. So right. this one major for today, major fishing and hunting time is 4.30 a.m. to 6.30 a.m. Um, then 4.56 p.m. to 6.56 p.m. And then that's major. And then minors like 9.32 to 10.32 a.m. And then it changes per day. So today is a 20% waxing crescent. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> but that's the, that's the moon that's, phase. That's, yeah, that's it's, a quarter sliver moon. Okay, yeah. showing me the diagram here. So let's go back. So what that's today was a one-star rating day. So let's type in. Go back to October. Cause, yeah, we'll go October 25th. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, it just. 15th. And then you should be able to scroll down to the actual calendar. Yeah. So let's look here. So there's the there's the first. All right. So we're going to the 25th, and me and my dad saw two shooters, um, different shooters. I shot a buck the, tw- the morning of the 25th. There it is right there on the left. 95% waxing gibbous. And it's a three-star rating day. And major times are 11, 11 a.m. to 11 or 1, 11 p.m. So, but you shot that buck it's early. I shot that deer at like 8.30 in the morning. Um, I mean, it, you know what I mean? Every deer is different. I can do whatever it wants. Yeah. But, um, so, like, moon. okay, yeah, interesting. So, I mean, it's it was a good day, though. It's saying it's a good day to hunt. It's a three-star rating. That's interesting. There's got to be something to it. And that's the variable is, I mean, you really, it's right. really going to depend on where you're set up. If you're set right. up, you know, way out in the field and they're wanting to bed and you're nowhere near their pattern, exactly. you're not going to see them. But. Yeah, just because this is saying it's the best day to hunt doesn't mean you're going to go out and see deer everywhere. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, all the time. It's If it takes that little bit to be like, it's saying it's a good day to hunt and that gets you excited to go hunt, go hunt. That's yeah. That's why I like stuff See, like every that. Every day but. I'm excited to go hunt, but I like to use this as an extra tool. You know, especially yeah. when you see it. Hey, I'm going out. I'm I'm there at five a.m. Oh, it's going to pump stand. you up more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I'm going to see deer at eight o'clock because that says it. But even if I don't, I'm still excited. Just be there. You know? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And then there's okay. Also, is moonconnection.com. Um. So this is all about the moon. Apparently, um, hunting by moon phases. Um, oh, there's tons of stuff about the moon. There's the moon diet. What? Yeah, it was down there. I was looking. Like, I'm not going to be on it. Just eating cheese. Yeah, I. I an, animals the in the wild. Diet probably has to do with their feeding patterns during the moon phases. Probably, yeah. Animals in the wild tend to be less active during daylight hours, fe- feeling safer under the cover of darkness. We all know that. Many animals will increase their activity as dust falls. We know that. Um. Activity amongst all animals is greater when the moon is full, and that is, and that this one form of hunting by moon phase. And well, I said that really weird, but you get what I'm saying. Hunting during periods of full moon can yield excellent results. In other words, if you're aware of the phases of the moon, you're in a better position to anticipate the peak of animal activity. The more active they are, the better your chances will be of finding them. You know who I'd like to get in. Um, to like maybe talk about this, at, like no offense, Gene, but like a native, like a like a Native like, American who still practices some of those old school traditions of of hunting, you know, because traditional style. I'm yeah. sure they use that would be cool. I'm sure they use the moon because you know when you don't have the internet and the one constant. Yeah, that's why I like all the, like the Mayans and all that, like how they're perfectly aligned because they use the stars and stuff. 
you know, but well, that was, that was everything because the sky was everything. It brought yeah. you everything you needed. That was the world's map. Right yeah, there. it really Did was. You... I'd, I'd like to see like yeah, one of them old school guys like come in here and see what he talks about. Man, that'd be super. He probably cool. hate us because we're using technology to. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just—I'm only kidding about I, that. But I actually took astronomy in in college. Did you, you really? Know, when I got out of the service, stuff thinking, hey, this could be fun, easy class, you know. Yeah. But it was actually tough, and I learned more about the galaxy and the stars and Copernicus and how it was discovered, you know. Yeah. But I, I wanted to learn it too. That's well, all gibberish know? to me. Yeah. Man. Space no is amazing, though, and it's it's cool that it has an impact on what we love to do hunting. You know, it, it's and it really does. You know, it really has an impact on everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything that goes on, you know, it's just, it's crazy. If you really think you, about it, it's nuts. Do you think, now I'm going out on, on, on a limb here. Take us out there. Let's hear it. Do you think that. Don't go too far on that limb. It's got to be a thick Animals, limb. like, <laughs> yeah. use use that, like, because everyone says, like, you know, the, the birds have, have the magnetic, um, or like, uh, not magnetic, um, like a compass. Like, they can find the magnetic poles. Do you think. That maybe sometimes deer might use like the stars and the like the, mm. the moon. Because so, I mean, I remember we were talking about you're like, yeah, they don't like moving on a cloudy day. It's like, well, maybe because they can't see really where they're going. I mean, yeah, maybe they. they I don't use know if the, I ever said that they don't like moving on a cloudy day. You said it, it, I don't know if I would ever say that because I don't, I don't, I you can't really say that's true or false. Yeah, you I've said something about clouds and then fog. Yeah, yeah. I, I said no. Probably what I said is I the majority of the bucks I have shot have been on a clear, cold morning. Yeah. Normally, but no, I would never say they don't move on a cloudy day. That's ignorant. Because well, not not that they don't move; that just they don't move as much. There's a majority of monster deer get shot on overcast, drizzly days. Really? That are some of the best days to hunt big bucks. Yeah, because they can actually smell better when it's a little bit rainy out. Uh, yeah, because well, I was I was kind of curious. Like, no, yeah, you use... you misinterpreted what I said. Right. Most of the big bucks I've shot have been on clear, cold mornings, like clear sky. And I don't know why; it could just be a complete coincidence. I'm going to say yeah. to your question, though, uh, as far as the stars know, because I don't, they're instinctual. They don't think, you know, I don't <laughs> right? They're like, sit there and have a conversation. I'm going to follow. There's Gemini. I'm going to follow the right star over here. Look, <laughs> but you know, the moon phase does it does interact with their movement stuff because yeah. as you start looking towards the rut and the harvest moon, and you go one month from that, that's kind of how we distinguish, give or take a week, when the rut kicks in. And mm-hmm. I think it's because of that particular moon. And, you know, along with weather and the elements being right, you know, because that's the other thing yeah. that I've always wondered, you know, the moon phases does kick them off and stuff. And we try to wait for some extreme cold weather to get the deer moving up here. Yeah. But if you look at the same moon down in Texas where it's warm, they're doing the same thing. Of course, their breeding times change. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's the thing, too. And a lot of people say, you know, once it's starting to get October, you know, late mid October, like, oh, I wish the road would kick in, but the weather's hot. Well, and then, you know, you could say the same thing with the moon. But really, you know, maybe there's some truth to that. The deer like to move more when it's cold because, you know, if it's hot out and they're chasing does around, it's, but then again, it's like wearing a fur coat in the summer. Right. Yeah. That's very true. But then I like to look at it as, you know, once that doe goes into estrus, they're rutting. They don't care. Yeah, once they don't, that, they don't care if it's hot or cold yeah. or once that doe goes into estrus, all his on his mind is you know what, and that's what he's going for. Yeah, when they so, get that smell and that instinct, and it kicks in, they just yep. I think whether it's hot or cold, they're going to be everything goes out. Too. Everything else does. goes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could say. I, well, when I shot my buck this year, he wasn't with a doe. He, I, I would you could argue that he was cruising, maybe. 
you know, it was the 25th of October, but it was actually ended up to be like a 75 degree day, you know, and I shot them early and, you know, I guess that's what you could argue. Well, you shot them before it got warm, whatever, but yeah, there's so much controversy to it that it's right. so fun to have the conversation about it because it can go, it can go either way. Yeah. And this last sure. rut for me was just weird. It did, I, I feel it was a trickle rut anyways. It was just peaks right. and valleys of it and spaced out. I didn't see any particular week solid of just dominant Ch- chasing. chasing, fighting, scraping, you know. Yeah, I don't know if it's just me. I mean, we all hunt average working man properties. You know, we don't hunt heavily managed property that, you know, that we don't have that luxury just because, one, it's hard for us to afford that, and, two, it's just – not always realistic for the majority of people it's not realistic you know um some people are fortunate to be born into big family farms and i hate you for that and (laughs) and let me hunt but uh calm down bernie but yeah share it with me (laughs) right but um where was i going with this but i feel like in the last i don't know four years i haven't really seen a rut like a rut where i'm like oh the chasing's on like i'll see oh they're chasing them one day and then dead for what have you not been on facebook you know i don't even i hate getting on facebook <laughs> during the rut finger quotes but you know what i mean it, it seems like i don't know but like six seven years ago though i used to have those experiences where i'm like man the deer are chasing and you see bucks running and and i don't know what it is if it's just you know, every year changes, you know, it varies from year to year. So it's I mean, I was pretty, also depends on where you're at again, too. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Your exactly. location. I know three years ago uh, was probably the best rut I've seen. And I've seen a couple good ones over the years, but it was one where I literally had to put my bow down because I had these three different bucks from small to bigger buck mm-hmm. just cruising. I mean, this one buck, he ran right in front of me about 15 yards, you know, I'm grunting at him. I just start whistling. I say, hey, you know, yeah. basically. And he did not want to stop. He was just cruising these trails. Right. He sat 30 yards down behind this hedge tree that was just blocking me. Mm-hmm. And he just laid down for me because I think he just wore himself Panting out. and everything like a dog. And stuff. And, and uh, I'm I'm grunting at him. I'm grunting him. He didn't care. I'm like, and I started yelling at him, get up. You know, <laughs> I, what am I going to lose? He's not paying attention. He got up. He went back up the other side over the ridge. He come back down one time, almost hitting his tines right against my tree, you know, and just for an hour and a half, he was cruising. Just this running crazy. And then this, this other eight-pointer, and they were just, they had a highway right there. And, I mean, I, there was nothing stopping them. I just set my bow, and I always got on my lap anyways. And I just I just watched, yeah. you know. It was pretty neat. But I had that kind of experience happen to me, too. I had a buck I was hunting, and I actually had hit that deer. I, told, I think I might have told the story before. I hit the buck like two weeks prior. He was fine. Hit him high on the shoulder. He ducked. He came in 10 yards with some does, and he stepped out, and I tried to stop him. I ended up yelling, hey, 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 yelling at him while he's chasing does. And then he goes up to 50 yards, stops, looks, and then he's like, "Yeah, it was nothing. Kept chasing him. Yeah, man, when they're in that mindset, there's no stopping them. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this other one just run the crap out of his doe. I mean, he just had his nose to her rear and was pushing her, and she, I mean, she was just exhausted. He was running her so hard. Yeah. You know, pushing her up and down the ravine and all around through the woods and it's weird. It's weird yeah. seeing a deer pant like a dog. Yeah, up it's, close. it's time to call uh, Law and Order SD, SDU, <laughs> Special Doe Unit. Special. <laughs> Can you give us a good description of them? No, sorry. Well, it's it's funny it's how so crazy fast, deer man. get during the rut. I have that. I don't know, Gene. If you saw that buck, I have. I have a skull plate in my kitchen of this real old gnarly buck. I shot my bow like in 
2009. Um, and a week before, I actually shot that deer out of that red tree stand I was talking about earlier. A week before, there was a guy, we used to hunt with a guy from uh, New England, and he had that really heavy accent chowder yeah chowder. go to the park yeah exactly he'd say go to the bar, what do you say a couple beers oh what would he say wicked queer <laughs> oh man that was wicked queer <laughs> look at these fawns over here he was a really good guy and he used to um he used to have uh lobsters and oysters and stuff shipped out to hunting camp and he'd, oh. he'd cook it with butter and a turkey fire it was awesome but uh he hunted that stand a week before i did and missed that buck and, you know, he's from out there, or he's not used to the Illinois deer that we have. And he's like, oh, man, I missed a monster. Oh, man. <laughs> I shot. I was shaking so bad. I shot right over his back. And then he's like, uh, there was a doe there that he was cha- that he was chasing this doe around. He's like, he went up behind her and flipped her right up like a tea kettle. And he said, <laughs> he went up, rammed her rear legs, and broke her legs in the wow. back. He's like, he's like, I would try to get a shot at her, but I don't know. I guess she limped off and... And it's old coal mine stripping property. So when she went into the spoils, she was gone. But, yeah, I shot that deer a week later and snort wheezed him in November 13th. And you could just tell if a deer turns around and gets pissed at a snort wheeze, he's, you got an old brawler oh, yeah. on your hands. In there. He's coming to you, too. Oh, yeah. It was scrapper. Yeah. Like a tea kettle. I'm like, jeez, babe. But. That's funny. You you can use a little ladies' room, Gene. Uh, Gene. <laughs> I have to. He's over here slamming water over here. He's healthy, Steve. Yeah. He is, take man. notes. That's, a, that's what a healthy person does. We're not drinking bush lattes on this episode. No, no we do. We're trying oh. to be better is, role models. It is Tuesday, though. So it is Tuesday. It's a little it's bit point. earlier in the week. We save our beer for a Thursday night episode, you know, because you just got to suffer through that one day of work before the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That that is the the very have, nice thing about we have cut it. down a lot though we were like a thirty pack down to an eight now we're at just a twelve pack an episode so we're doing good we're trying to we're trying to get Steve to uh, change his life around what am I drinking right now he is drinking water out of a mason jar in Sherrard Illinois <laughs> a good old Sherrard um, water while Gene stepped out this weekend guys we're having our third annual working class bow hunter shoot and that's s h e w t um it's going to be at Logan's house actually um anyone in the local surrounding area that'd be interested in coming um shoot us an email and we'll get you directions out to that we're going to play a bunch of games and all oh, there'll be pictures and basically everyone we get i don't know there's going to be a bunch of people this year everyone brings the target and then we just go for it um it's a lot of fun um if you want to come email us and we'll Get you to where you need to be. It's supposed to thunderstorm though, but I think we're going to shoot either way. To just it'll just be fun. Be one of those ones to remember, I guess. Yeah, it's a good time, especially with kids. I bring my kid out, and he just oh, yeah. loves it. It's watching everybody shoot. We usually set up a little course for the kids too. A little Z- a couple of zombie zombies target. And, yeah. Oh, they Something like the zombie targets. Yeah. My kid thinks that's the coolest thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll bring it. I'm going to go out Friday night and set up, and we're going to get everything marked out and have the zombie out there for everyone and. Cool. It's it's so much fun. It just shows you how much fun like archery can be. It's like we're being competitive, but really we're not at all. Like we're just oh, it's a lot of fun. It's out to have we're out to have fun and just have right. a good time. We play a game called Knockout, and this is like a fun game if you guys get your friends together to play. There's a so I have a block four by four four target, and it's got like that big white octagon, probably about the size of a paper plate roughly. And yeah. everyone starts, and you can split up and have teams. We start at twenty. And you got to make it inside 20 yards. You got to make it inside the white. If you make it inside the white, you get to go back. You advance. You advance to 30 and so on. It just keeps going back. 
And until the last person standing, yeah, it's, you can it's go a game to, of elimination. Yep. yep, that's what it is. It's it's kind of fun, and it's crazy because you know you think, oh, that's no big deal. Well, by the time you're waiting around, and it's like everyone's watching, and we're yeah. all heckling each other. Oh yeah, it's like it's a game of nerve. It's a mental game in a way, because you know you can shoot. You know, all of us can put an arrow inside that paper plate at fifty yards. But when you got twenty five people. Heckling you, yep. pressuring you. Everyone's watching you. Miss it, you, miss it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, ignore it. It's, it's difficult. It really it's is. It's nerve-wracking, man. I tell you what, this is the first year. I, You know, I got an old antiquated PSE I started with, an yeah. old pendulum sight. I never shot more than 30 yards. Yeah. You know, and actually this last year, you know, unless to you guys and challenge, I've moved, you know, I've moved on for a couple other bows since then. Yeah. But I've always shot a pendulum, and I've never taken those risky shots. And, you know, so this kind of – I got my new bow, you know, which I love Elite, and that's what I bought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to a single-pin HHA. They're and I'm awesome. thinking, man, you know. And I have never had so much fun in my 20 years of shooting until this last year with that bow. Yeah. And expanding, you know, going to the shoot and being right. able to shoot. You know, 50, 60, 100 right. yards. Yeah. It's a you blast, know, my vision ain't it? sucks past 50 yards, but – you know, it's just, I, I sit in my yard now at 60 yards and just start flinging arrows. I'm like, uh-huh. Man, this is just so fun. It's like a, it's, you know, it's meditation. You can only shoot at, you know, 20 yards at the same dot over and over and over. And that's what I did. At least you're so not hitting, years, yeah. Man. At least you're not hitting your gas tank and your tire yeah, anymore. Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> what, what did <laughs> you, was impressive. wasn't it? Oh, my wife was proud. It was the next day after <laughs> I bought my bow in October. And, oh, uh, sighting it in. Yep, I was sighting it in. And like I said, I've always shot a pendulum. It's no thinking, you know. So you get up in the tree stand 20 feet, it's good out to 30 yards. It did the math for you. Yeah. And it right. swung, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got that new HHA sight, and I'm sitting there at 20 yards. Boom, boom, did you boom. do the single pin HHA? Single pin, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I didn't that, want all the uh, optimizer. The optimizer yeah. ultralight. Yep. Sweet sight. So you're yeah. up you're up in a stand doing this? No, I'm on the ground and I'm shooting twenty and then uh-huh. I step back and I'm you know, I'm setting it at twenty and thirty and forty so I can get my tight sight tape. Actually mm-hmm. I didn't even have to do that because Poppy did some magical math, the bow wizard that he is, <laughs> and put this tape on and it was spot on. It's crazy. Yep. And I was hitting twenty. So my wife went to work that this that morning and uh I was shooting at 40 yards. She pulled up. I'm like, honey, check out this new bow, you know. Listen how quiet it is. Man, I just love it. Mm-hmm. So I step up to the 20 yards and knock an arrow. Forgot that I have to change that sight change back the from dial. 40 to 20. <laughs> and boom, I launched it right over the back of my deer target, right through the gas tank of my uh, log splitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had great penetration. It went straight through it. But, Did you yeah. have two holes or one hole? No, it was two holes. It, two it, holes. it shot straight through it. All the gas leaked out. Great blood trail. So the even yeah. better than that, the next day, you know, so I'm like, great, now we got this, pull it out, and the arrow was great. I mean, it shot through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting used to it. I'm like, no-brainer, rookie mistake. I got to remember to turn that dial and get right. used to that. You got to do that once at least. So my kid was moving firewood the next day, and we got this big uh, bicycle-wheeled cart, you know, that he was moving it with. Part of his it's, punishment, I take it, right? Yep, well, part of his, his dues for living in my house. <laughs> There's nothing for free. I tell him, you're you're already in debt. With You got clothes, you got food on the table, and you got a roof over your head, son. There's, Medical there's bills no, when he was born. He yep. started life in debt. Right. <laughs> Everyone so, does. So I'm shooting, and uh, he had parked that cart in front of that dang uh, log splitter, which is never there. So right. I'm shooting and shooting, and I think I was getting tired or something. And then I shot under the belly. 
any normal time, that arrow would have just stuck straight in the ground. Um, but where'd it go? Right through the tire of that dang bicycle tube. So I, so I took out a bicycle tire and I took out a log splitter. That's funny. In this new bow, but I think you're killing stuff already. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Take well, stuff down. We'll all get out there. I mean, rain or shine at the shoot this weekend and just have a good time. I know you said, Gene, you're only going to be able to come out for a little bit, but, you know, it, I think it'll be fun. You know, we were, like, thinking if it rains, do we cancel it? And I'm like, you know what? It might be more fun to just shoot anyway. If it, I could probably rig an umbrella that goes off my lamp. In, off my lamp I set up so it's right over top of you. Uh, yeah, like uh, a canopy. A pop-up yeah. thing. Uh, what, those easy up tents. Yeah. yeah. Me and Logan can hang one. out in that little... Uh, do you have one of those, line. Eric? Yeah. Bring it, will you? We'll it's, just set it's it. It's even camouflage. We'll just set it up anyway. We can be able to see it, but you want to bring it. We'll just set yeah, it up I anyway. Bring it. Yeah, you can stand under that if it's raining, and at least shoot. So keep your bow dry if your yeah. sight's got tape on. I'm gonna right. camp. I think anyway, rain or shine. I'm thinking. Yeah, camping is rain or shine. I'm gonna sleep know? in uh, Logan's bed with him. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll like that. We're gonna snuggle up. Hey, we're gonna, like, I, I might try and sleep that li- that little blind that he's <laughs> the got. Little baby <laughs> ground blind. Yeah. <laughs> Pop up blind, hunting yeah. Blind. Oh, dude, this thing's itty bitty. <laughs> Me and Logan tried to get in there. Uh, I got a little itty bitty mirror step one in it. That's think that's what this is. That's what it is. It's yeah, tiny. Old doghouse or something. You cannot like fit. You can't draw a bow back in it. The one that by yourself. That, well, even me, and I'm only five four. I, I actually have to get off my stool in this one and and get on my knees. And you got to watch your. It's probably, it's probably the same not one. touching the roof. Well, yeah, because you're shooting a thir- the elite thirty five, the E thirty five, right? Yeah. So you even have a longer bow to worry about and something right. like that. But yeah, I went from a, a Hoyt uh, Vectrix, and I think that one was only like thirty or thirty one. You know, I shot really that was one. that short? I thought that those it was were a little longer. Short. Really, was, I got that one in two thousand three. I think it was. Okay, and at that time it's it's pretty little. Right, and really, that one fit in there, but yeah, it was a completely different transition going from that shorter axle to a thirty-five. Right, more forgiving and, though, and it really doesn't seem like that much. But then once you start it moving is. it around mm-hmm. and stuff, yep, it is. my bows, I, I have heavy stuff on my bow, so people pick up mine, they're like, "Geez," but I don't know how how yours is set up. But yeah, and I'm working on that because you know I've I've always shot a front stabilizer and I always shot a little one like I. The bow I got out in the truck. Like a six-inch or whatever. It's my old PSE, yeah, a little six-inch doinker, which is always funny to me. But Right. Uh, you know, Six the, the stabilizer now I got is a 10-inch on the front, and I even added a back one, which is new. Right. And now I'm just really trying to figure out that balance and how much to put on it. Yeah. And I really had that back one loaded up to where my bow was really heavy because I struggle holding holding my pin up. I drift down. I always drift yeah, down. Yeah, you let it fall out. Yep. And, I need uh, to do. I need to get a back bar. I might run into the bone shed and do that before I shoot. Yeah, they got them there. I yeah. looked at them all. Mm-hmm. And uh, but now I got so much weight on there. I'm like, man, this is just heavy. So a couple of weeks ago, I took them all back off and like, oh man, it's so much lighter. Do yeah. I really need this much weight? It was just me and my position. And I'm, you know, I'm still yeah. learning this bow. Well, that's the thing too. Good for it. Bow hunting has gotten so technical, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's fun to tinker with. But in my buddy Jason. Um, one of the best deer hunters I know, great archer, but he just doesn't he doesn't do the fifty yard shots. He goes, you know, honestly to me, bow hunting's a thirty yard sport, and I'm he's not a target archer by any means. He he's in it to bow hunt. He's a he wants to kill deer, 
So, you know, he's like, yeah, man, you know, I, I shoot 30 yards. I don't shoot past 30 yards. It's just what I do. And I'm like, oh, I respect yeah, that. He's that's, okay with it. And, that's the way know, it's been for a long like, time. Yeah, well, I've seen those pictures, and uh, he's doing absolutely the, nothing wrong. The, the guy's <laughs> a stud. I I, I, just ethically still, it's, it's just ingrained in me. I, yeah. I, don't, I was never, one, comfortable taking anything more than 30-yard shot, especially with that pendulum. He didn't. Right. I knew that was my limit. Right. Yeah. So it's right. always kind of just in the woods. It's always been my max anyways. Right. But right. I, I do think that the way that a lot of guys approach archery now, um, a lot of guys are getting. They over-engineer it. Yeah, they over-engineer it. And a lot of these guys are seeing the people like, like Cam Haynes and, and they're they're going after it. Um, you know, shooting at 60 yards, you know, putting groups at 60 is like nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it's so, not. So, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of changing a little bit. And I think the generation that's coming up now, you know, especially for us, like if you're comfortable at shooting 60 yards, you may not think as, think about it as much taking a shot at a 60 yard if, if a deer's at, you know, 55, 60. Right. Just because you know you practice at a higher level than but, that. But here's my concern with this. Like, there's a couple different ways, like, we can discuss this right now. And, one is I think it's awesome that people are extending their range. They're getting more. They're trying. More people now are trying to learn about the equipment they have rather than just relying on their Bowtech to do it all for them. Yeah. You know, like guys are, you know, playing with different sights, different dovetail lengths. Like you know, if your sight sticks off, whatever. If your bow oh, different, different, different sizes of peeps. Yep. Just stabilizers, Stabil- yeah. lenses, whatever. Um, but the thing is, it's like yeah, you can practice all that, but if you don't have hunting experience mm-hmm. and the, the knowledge of how animals move and you don't know how to read you know gene you've been hunting for a long time you know twice as long as or probably more than that i've been hunting so i don't know actually i think as the, long as you guys been alive yeah yeah, yeah. Longer, longer. yeah i'm 25 so you got more in yeah so been hunting since yeah 10 years before you were born but it's yeah, just I like started when i was 14 and i'm gonna be 45 in may a couple of days after well a couple of weeks after oh. mark so he's the old old man so you know <laughs> you know even better than we do yeah, that yeah you got one foot in the grave already <laughs> well he's, yeah, yeah. he's got one and a half on. <laughs> but you know better than we do i mean because you just have been around longer you have more experience that it don't matter if you can shoot a dime at 60 yards every arrow but if you don't know how to read the body language on a deer, mm-hmm. you're going to just – you have to know that stuff. It's not a one-sided thing. You can't be just really good at archery and then just suck at reading deer. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get this e- – maybe not. Not everyone's like this, but this is my concern that I'm looking at. That like, they're getting too confident in their equipment. Wait, well, not, I, yeah. I can shoot a dime at 60 yards, and then they're in the timber, and a deer's on edge, and maybe cool. he smelled you, and you shoot at 60 yards – and. Then you wound a deer. It can that, what, could you shoot that dime if it was ducking? Well, yeah, it's a whole different you know? state of mind, too, when you're right. shooting at a target. At, at 60 yards, for me, you know, my vision's not great. So right. for me to see if that deer is truly, has he got his front leg fully open and mm-hmm. exposing those those organs, you know, right. the vitals. And, you know, then with that, you know, I got a lot. I, I got a short draw length, and, and mm-hmm. I'm shooting a low FPS because of my draw length. How short length is it? And, 27. It's still longer than yours. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I knew he it. He knows what you're, what you're <laughs> oh, saying. Yeah. So, 27 and a half with a loop, so they even got more. But Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so taking that long shot at 60 yards, you know, one, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm more confident now in my shooting and, and practicing that For way. Sure. Makes 30 still, yards way easier. Yeah, I'm still not ethically confident as far as, okay, it's position and stuff. 
how much arch I have in my arrow trying to get there, and then yeah. what's the kinetic energy and pass through, you know? Right. And you only need six inches to go in and hit a vital to do the damage, but, you know, maybe it won't. If it has just yeah. it lost that energy and hits and a hits limb, a hits whatever. Yeah. Well, those it, it can be a difference too. of, yeah. You and got wind, you got okay. everything to come into One play. One little torque, and yeah. it, it could change eight inches from yep. your kill shot to a gut shot. Well, yeah, and a lot of people don't practice from a stand, so your your form and your hand position, everything's going to be different with all your hunting clothes. If you have gloves on, if you're being weird trying to move around a limb, shoot under or over a limb, like all those mental things, you're shaking. You're, yeah, your heartbeat. Yeah, you're up higher. It's just there's stuff you can't see in the woods. There's so much that plays into it. That, but you know that being said, though you know the guys that can hit dimes at sixty yards can do anything that one at thirty. Thirty yards becomes that much easier. There's so like a chip shot. Yeah, right, it's just you know? it's, it's so much easier mentally, and that's why most people shoot long distance because that you know when a deer comes in at twenty, he's dead. Yeah. If you want that deer to be dead, you you just have full confidence in your arrow. And it's, it's like and making it's a short putt. Right. Exactly. Right. You know. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that? And this is a, a question to our listeners and to you guys. Do you think that maybe some people overthink the game of archery and kind of over-engineer? I know it's fun to do that. Like, you know, John Dudley's the man, like, tinkers with things. He knows his stuff. But do you think sometimes when it comes to just bow hunting and just being accurate in a, in a simple form, do you think that it's like, well, I need this in order to do this. I need this, otherwise I can't do this. You know what? I'm. You know what I mean? I've, I've actually been thinking Does about Does that question this. make sense? Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking absolutely. about that a lot lately, and it's like, yeah, how much more – technology can we keep putting into 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 hunting you know it's going to get to a point where it's going to turn into killing you know it's not going to be hunting i mean yeah obviously i it's, when you add it up like the trail the trail cams that they're getting to the technology and bows all yeah that, where, where the trail up. cameras are sending you pictures live right there well emails every time you know, it goes off right you know now all of a sudden picture. you've got you know a trail cam you know where it's set up and you get that email when you're in the stand um, I, you know, I, I do think that they are trying to make it easier for people to get, get out there and, and, and go try and kill something. But at the same time, I mean, if you keep making it that much easier and, 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 I, and it's, it's going this way with like sports equipment, like ball bats, you know, for like youth, like younger people, they're trying to make it so that younger kids and stuff have a little bit easier time and, and can perform at a level so they want to stay stick with it. Problem with that is now you're giving everybody this false sense of, you know, you can always do this. Well, I mean, I don't know. If the technology keeps up and doesn't go back, that's one thing. But I, I think you're really just the, – the more technology you put into it, the more you're starting to take away from it. And I say that yeah. as I love seeing all the new stuff that come out on bows. Right. Maybe that's just because I love archery so much, and I love it's a double-edged sword. It, it is. It's in like, a way. It's like, yeah, I, I love this, but where where does it stop? Where can I really draw that line? I'm old school. I'd rather go out. I like to do my scouting. I like mm -hmm. you know. I like the guesswork. So right. I put two cameras out, and that's it. But it's it, merely just to see if where I'm guessing if anything's coming through. If not, you know, and just see right. what's out there. But but let me I ask still you rely on my scouting and, and mm -hmm. my tree stand what, placement. The basic nitty-gritty hunting yeah. knowledge right. is what, yeah. What would make it more exciting, knowing there's a giant deer on the property and you go after it, or hunting one morning and then seeing, seeing that giant deer? Yep, yeah. You know, it. I know people that would better. get you that would get you out to like, oh, I, wanna, I can't wait to see him. Obviously, when you see him, it's like, 
oh, okay, cool. But yeah, if you're just sitting there, like you hang a stand, you're like, I'm seeing a couple scrapes here. And then you're like, oh, my Lanta. Well, I'll be completely honest. You know, a lot of people, one, overcheck their their trail cameras for sure. Like, and I kind of go at a different approach where I probably won't. If I put cameras out now, I probably would. I I don't have any cameras out now. I pull them down, but. I probably honestly this year won't put cameras out until August. I don't, and I won't them, check I them when I start putting them out. Yeah, and I won't check them until if I'm just gonna go on the way to the stand, I'll check. You know, I maybe I'll check me before and see if there's any bucks moving. But during season, once I'm hunting, I don't go out of my way to pull those stands or pull the, those cameras and move a camera here, move a camera here because, like we said earlier, I hunt average people you know working man grounds where right. it's not my property you don't want to booger it up yeah i'm not going to run circles around that ground all day just to go check this camera over here when i hunt 50 yards over there and i'm thinking the deer's bedding over there because you're just mixing everything up you know and, and the only way i'll check mine is during season is if it's on my way to my stand the same path i take every time you but know? that's going to be where people are like well that's why you get the ones that email your pictures to you see and i put mine just not everyone can afford stand. those yeah. right yeah they're meant right know? But I put my cameras just off the beaten path of the trail I go in. It's on my stand. And I really won't check it. I'll let the pictures build up for about three weeks. Yep. And then one trip, when I'm going to my stand, I'll take an SD card. Because mm-hmm. I don't have one with a viewable window on it and stuff. Yeah. Take an SD card. I'll swap out my SD cards. Put it in my pocket and I'll hunt. And when mm-hmm. I get yep. home, then I pop yeah. it in the computer and I look at it. That's yeah. what I was doing. You know, if it's right there, you know, and if you... If there's one on, like, you know, the other side of the property, don't, don't go after it. Just check let, it next let it time. Let it it's not going to hurt anything. This you know? is the famous quote from just people that overcheck cameras. It's just, I think what happens is people get, like, a decent buck, overcheck their cameras, boom. Where do they gone. all go? He's well, gone. man, let's break it down. You know, I mean, you go in how often and check those cameras out of your way. I know it's exciting, but that's more the anticipation is, like, Leave the pressure off if you ever want to have a chance. That, in my opinion, you've educated them. Yeah, you know? yeah, They're, yeah. You're, you're putting it, more scent in there, mm-hmm. and yep. chances are they they'll just move their normal travel out fifty yards, and it will always be right out of your reach. Exactly. Yeah, because if you, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, if you let it build up, you know, you like you you don't check it. All of a sudden, you go and check it. You know, you put it out there August, and then you go check it September twenty eighth, twenty eighth, or whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to see that it's kind of established here because you weren't in there screwing around. You know, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it looks like they like to kind of come by here between five and, you know, seven or whatever. You know, it may vary. Right. And that, that's a good chance rather than you going in there at five and seven and they happen to see you. And then now they're like, ah, we're not going there anymore. Well, a good example, my they, buck they last year. You. Oh, they will for oh, sure. Yeah. My, the, my buck I shot last year, I have. Two pictures of them, like two minutes apart, at the end of August. I don't think I checked my trail cameras. I actually I checked them during season. After that, that was the last time I checked. I didn't have any more pictures of them, but I shot them the first morning. I, I hung a stand the first morning I hunted there. I shot that deer, but I had no previous pressure in that area at all. So that deer's probably pattern was maybe he didn't do it every day, but every so often probably walked right through where I shot him, and it's just. If, but if I went in every day and checked my cameras, he might he not have he done that. You probably know, probably avoided that area. The thing is, you don't know. That's the beauty yeah. of it. You never you know. Don't was know. it um, was it Bill Winky that that said he's like the best way to think about this? You know, for for a deer is like think like how you are as a person. If you walk down an alley and you hear a very strange noise, 
you probably won't avoid that alley the rest of your life, but you will for sure for the next couple of days. Think right. about it. You know. How many pictures have you ever seen? And I just started using cameras three years ago, and really I only like them because I just like some pictures of the nature, you know, the, mm-hmm. the deer. Oh, yeah. I, I really don't use them for scouting or anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, slight bit just to see what's going through. But mostly I just like to see the pictures and right. if there's deer in the area. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've gotten so many pictures of does and stuff with their nose touching it because that flash goes oh, off, yeah. you know, it's infrared and stuff, but it mm-hmm. still makes that red flicker. Oh, yeah. They're curious, and their nose right up against it getting which pictures, is, you know. Oh, which yeah. is kind of odd, you know, thinking that, you know, if you think how a deer thinks, they're <laughs> so used to hearing all these noises that any odd noise, like, you know, is going gonna, is gonna, to, like, like, if you hear something weird in your house, you're going to be freaked out. It's mm-hmm. weird that they, they would, you know, get a little curious. I mean, maybe it's not... Well, that alarming. I've but... had a lot of those before, where it's just oh, like I got, I got nothing, and then an eyeballs right there, or yeah, like his nose so or an ear just, or something. They're still like a cat. I mean, they're they're instinctual, so they don't think. There's something that they immediately get a surge that scares them. They're off, right? You know? Right. It's probably curious because animals. they're still curious because you know? it's so close. They walked up on it so close. Maybe it's because it's like not well, something scary. Steve, in a what tree. were you saying? The point, like where Bill Winky was saying, that if a deer's walk or, or if you're walking through an alley and you hear a noise, but you don't ever see anything, like. You, you know, you're not going to avoid that alley for your whole life, but you might you might give it a couple of days for you to walk back down. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think he, uh, I think there's more to it. He's like, but if something jumps out at you. No, he said if, if you see a guy in that alley coming at you with a knife and you go, oh, God, and run out of there, you're probably never going to go down yeah, that alley yeah, yeah, again. Right. He, that's how he compared, like, the, like, how bad you spook a deer. I think the question to him was, like, when you're walking to your stand and you spook the buck you're hunting. He's like, well, it's kind of your judgment on how do you think he was spooked? And that's kind of the analogy he used. Yeah. But it's the I kick into paratrooper mode and I give us battle scream, you know. So usually, <laughs> if I see someone in the alley, <laughs> right? Uh, it's, I have a hard time running. Wouldn't that yeah. suck if deer thought that way? Yeah. I'd be gorged right now. Yeah. I'd be I'd be done. <laughs> but it's just they kind of do scream though, you know. They give you that big old wheeze and take off oh. the seventeen snorts and the stomp and then yeah. they're out. You know, yeah. I had one in. Uh, Oh, it was probably 15 years ago. I actually bought a Cyclops Night Owl. It's a monocular night vision, you know, when they first came oh, out. Oh, yeah? They were affordable at a couple hundred dollars, you know, because uh-huh. I always thought it'd be cool. And uh, But I remember going to this one property, and it was one I was sharing a story earlier that got burnt the next day um, oh, yeah. because of a wildfire. But I was walking in. It was rainy night, so the grass, tall grass, was super wet, and I was doing the Quiet. absolute super sneak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was sneaking in. You know, the wind was in my face. It couldn't have been any more perfect. And I dang near stepped on this buck. I mean, I got right up on him. That thing jumped up. It was pitch black. I couldn't even see my hand in front of my face and just gave out this, I don't even know what kind of a noise. Scared him like as much as Like a deep growl thing? Yeah, just took off about 20 feet i put that monocular up i'm like holy cow you know <laughs> and i about walked up on this thing and i tell you what my my heart was outside of my chest <laughs> oh i bet i've been ran over by a wild turkey before shed hunting oh, oh boy back uh i used to hunt that ground i said earlier that was a little coal mine stripping area so it was just hill over hill after hill after hill i'm looking for sheds i'm looking down i wasn't really like looking up ahead of me too far which i probably should have been and i think there was a hen on a nest and ran, didn't hit me, but r- scared me so bad and ran just close enough. I hit the ground 
and I oh, just yeah. I fell down. I'm like, oh man, like same feeling. I was just like, thought I was getting attacked oh, by something. Can't breathe. Yeah, it's weird walking like that. I've had it was last season. I was walking uh, walking the stand. I was walking like this. It, there's like this road, um, and I was walking on it, and dude, these this group of turkeys just walked right out in front of me, like probably like thirty feet, and that's just something that. It, it'll scare I me. Mean, it'll it'll, it'll, it'll scare scared. you a little bit. Oh, I was like, because yeah. I didn't see anything. Like I just, it was just, just like you. You don't expect you expect them to be running the other way. And like when they're not afraid of you, it's like, all right, dude. This is when they like, they they they're ganging up. Like, like this is over for what, me. What's the most? This is a question for everyone here in the studio. What's the most scared you've been in the woods without actually anything happening to you? Like freaking your own self out or whatever it may be. Actually, this and I, I know there's some conspiracy theory with it, but uh, every year, Buddy and I, for the last eleven years, go down to a forest and we hunt and we camp for the week and hunt the public land for a whole week. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I was walking down a sandy fire break to my tree stand, and it was in the dark in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then it got light. Well, on my way back from the hunt, there was dog prints would look like that were as big as my hand we took a picture of it and put my hand over top of it mm-hmm. looked like wolf prints and they were right on top of my footprints like it followed me right into the stand oh and no that spooked me out for the rest of that whole week oh i you bet know, and uh, it's it, always looking behind you and it just couldn't thinking have been about a it. dog print it was way too big for dog <sighs> print and i'm telling you what it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because we were both and and it was just, it was just a few years ago and it was <laughs> when i remember we were sitting at the uh at the campground and we we're looking in the DNR book and stuff, and they had that little square in there that says, "Please recognize wolves," <laughs> you know, versus a coyote right. because they're can't they're not to be shot. And I'm right. thinking, you know, and then you get in all the conspiracy theories of wolves are placed and all that, right, and right, lines, But I tell you what, this was a print that I it was pretty unquestionable, but without seeing it, don't know. But yeah. if right. it was a dog, that thing was bigger than a bull. Well, it's just the thought that it was like it could have been tracking you, yeah. you know. It, I mean, its steps were on every one of mine. Like, it just nosed itself right behind me. I had... Ooh. Right where you were. It's spooky. You know, it was in the sand, clear as day. Now, I uh, I don't know. There, I, I told the story once. Actually, we told it with, with Poppy. Poppy has a funny story. But, yeah, I was just... I was, I was leaving the... <laughs> Poppy, something chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was leaving the woods one day. And, like, for some reason, it was just extra dark. And because the moon wasn't out, I I don't know. It, it was <laughs> like Steve's eyes were closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm walking out and dude, I, I don't know why, but like, I just started getting chills. I was like, uh, it was dark in the woods and you were getting chills. No, I mean, it was like something was like, I did something didn't feel right. And I never felt that before. Just was like, Okay, let's get out of here. So, like, I started. <laughs> you ran? No, no, no. I was speed walking. Oh, I, dude, I, I was walking. I was, I was like, like I was at the mall at six in the morning, speed walking. Like, oh, like that weird dude, guy. I booked it out of there. I hopped right in my truck because, like, I couldn't. You know, like, you couldn't see anything. Like, I get in my car and I lock the doors, and I was like, I still can't see anything. I'm like, I just gotta go. Like, I, I just like throw my gear on the front seat. I don't know what it was. I've never been like that. Like I need to get out of here immediately. 
That's funny. I have no idea. Next, I always picture next myself. Next night I went out, nothing. You'll mentally freak yourself out walking oh, yeah, in the dark all the sometimes. Time. And all the people that I know that don't hunt, they're like, how do you walk through the woods in the dark by yourself? I don't get it. It's so scary. And I'm like, I don't really think. I used to freak me out when I was little, like younger. But, I mean, you mentally can freak yourself out. But then you think, like, I'm literally the most dangerous thing in the woods right now. Yeah, unless if a buck really wanted to kill me, I mean, that'd be a cool way could, to go yeah. out. But you know what I mean? I, I don't use a flashlight or anything. I'm anti-flash. I, I just know exactly where I'm going. Right. I don't use lights and stuff. See, that's awesome. I, I What I'll do is I'll have a headlamp on. And if it gets if I have to use it, I'll turn it on. But half the time, I'll try and shut it off. I this One of the spookiest stories I had, it never really had anything to do with me in this like walking to the woods or getting like freaked out or nothing but um we hunted a big chunk of property in like central illinois and one of the guys steve the guy that you think looks like stone cold steve austin oh that guy dude the guy looks just like well can we post a picture of him mm, i'd have to ask him okay ask him um but the thing is like he's a big guy he's like six foot five and i'm he might even be like pushing six seven this dude is huge he's tall big the guy's hilarious he jokes around a lot but when he's serious, you can tell he's serious. He's like, man, man, I was walking along this trail. It's like a it's like a log road a, that we use. You can drive through. It's mowed. It's like grass. And then there's a cornfield that cuts like hard 90 degree right, and there's the edge of the cornfield. So he's walking on the grass, turned to the cornfield, looked up, and he's like, there's this big black, this is daylight, by the way, big black wolf looking thing. He's like, it was too big to be a dog. He's like, and it had the, like the little looking ears. He's like, and it looked like it was looking straight through me. And he's like, I swear it was a wolf. He's like, I swear it was a wolf. And he said, it looked at me for a second. And then it just darted, went, went left right back in the woods. And it's like, he never even heard it run out through the woods. Well, we're kind of like, and there was jokes like in that property of there being a black Panther and, there was actually footprints and everything like that. So we're like, oh, yeah, you saw the, the wolf panther, the wolf panther hybrid. It's out here. You know, we're all just giving them the shit. Yeti wolf. Yeah, so we're in we're in camp just drinking beer at night, just like, oh, yeah, just basically didn't give them a break. Like, who would, you know? Well, one of our buddies, Jeff, that hunts, a great hunter. Um, he's lots of pictures on my wall of fame in the garage. Yeah. Um, the guy just knows how to kill monster bucks. He comes in, he always has, he like does just filmed himself for fun video. And he's like, Hey guys, come look at this video. Pulls up on his computer. He's got a video of this thing and it's walking right down the middle of the County road, like walking away from him in the center of the road. This thing, it, it had to have been a wolf and he had footage of it clear, HD footage of it. That's insane. This thing was covered in stickers and and just all this stuff. It had hair falling out. It's walking. He's going, hey, hey. And it just ignores him. He goes, hey. This thing stopped, turns around, and looks. And it just, same look that guy described, look clean through you, like yellow eyes. I'm like, yeah, that's a wolf. Got to be a wolf. wolf. So imagine me the next morning walking to my stand after physically, like, actually seeing video and hearing the story. I'm like, well... Yeah, no, if uh, that happened to me, I don't care what the law says. I'd be joined with 38 friends. <laughs> <laughs> Special plus feed, you know what I mean? That's that's nuts, dude. Like, you want to tell me I can't carry a gun to a stand when there's, like, a wolf running around? Like, get get out of my face. Like, right. I, w- I want to come home safe. Like, right. you you always stress to wear a harness, but yet don't bring a gun to the woods with you just in case there's a 
feisty critter. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that was a little long-winded story, but I figured I'd give you the gist yeah, of it. You should be able to, you know, as long as you're an ethical hunter, and that's that's where ruins it. Yeah. Because some people might, oh, hey, it's closer, you know, farther than I think. I just shoot him with my gun. But, you know, right, yeah, but right. if you, sh- if you shoot a deer with a, with a gun, then, you know, hey, all of a sudden you lose your gun right. right. How's that sound? Yeah. Be responsible. It would be nice to be able to carry, yeah. though. I had one more quick story, too, on that. Cause, uh, it was actually last November. It was Black Friday, and I started segueing into that earlier when we were talking about hang-on stands and mm-hmm. stuff, and then we got derailed. But uh, I bought, what we do best here yep, on the show, I G. bought new uh, tree steps, you know, screwing tree steps. I thought, I'm going to get in this new spot. I got a new property. Mm-hmm. You know, you just let me hunt, and I'm going to put one of those hang-ons in again, you know, that I got. And uh, that's when I realized, too, that when I was a little over, more overweight, man, the next morning when I went to get in that thing, oh, my gosh, I'm like, what did I do? And I was coughing <laughs> and puffing, and I was like, I'm going to fall out of this thing. And I yeah. took it down that day and sold it to Mark. <laughs> but uh, we were hanging it. It was on Black Friday, and we started out, my wife went with me, and we were putting this thing up, and she's holding it. It started getting dark, and I'm doing it in the dark because I kind of want to do it in the dark, too, because I think you're just less likely to get spotted, or if they do, they they don't know what it is, and right, right. they won't spook them out of the area. But So it's pitch black, and uh, I knew exactly what it was, but we heard this crazy, I can't even duplicate this sound, <laughs> right. man. Loud as all get out, and I'm like, oh, crap, you know. My wife's like, what was that? What was that? And I'm like, Freaking it was, out. It was Freaking an owl. Out. You know, oh yeah, and uh, they always swoop yeah. down. No, 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 it wasn't. That's what I told her on the ground, and uh, so I'm hurrying up, and I'm like, "Honey, you're okay. Just start shining that flashlight everywhere." You right, know? right. And she had a spotlight, and look up, and look down, and look around, and look up, and because uh, I had a headlamp on too, and I was strapped to the tree, so I wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was actually using my harness and a lineman's rope, and yeah, and uh, I'm screwing these things in. I'm hurrying up. I hang that thing. I said, "All right, let's get out of here." I'd take her back to the house. I said, okay, watch this. You, that wasn't really an owl. Because I know it wasn't an owl. What was it? I played a bobcat video for it. That's what it was. Oh, oh man. Bobcat scream, dude. And that is the most eeriest thing to hear that loud out in the woods. I've I heard bet. that. That it's like. Oh, my God. I, I would. I like to hear that in person, but I've heard it makes the mm. hair stand up on the oh, back of your neck. Look at my arms right now. They're just screaming. Mean, that's <laughs> that's a, crazy. It's weird sound. Well. Gene, I think this episode flew by. Um, yeah, it does go fast. It's huh? fun. It's a lot of fun. We got well, into yeah, some deep talk. I really enjoyed this episode. We got into some uh, different point of views at looking at stuff. I maybe went on a couple long-winded stories, but nah. that's what I'm we do. Full of them, too. Shit happens. You know? We'll have to do it again really soon, actually. Hopefully, you make it out at the shoot, and it doesn't rain this yeah, weekend. I'm going to make it out there anyway. Just say hi to the guys. It's a fun time. Oh, yeah, All for right. sure. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there this weekend. So it's we'll, uh, going to be a good turnout. We're going to have a good time. Um. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. It was a blast. It only took us. I don't know what what episode you started coming in to listen, but it took us one. that number one, one. from the first one. Oh, oh, really? Coming back from Fort Bragg, on I went out there for All American Week to visit my buddies for a reunion, and Mark awesome. told me about. It. He says, you got to listen to these guys, and I did. And cool. Listen number two, and first I was like, ah, I never even knew what a podcast was. Right. Right. You know. So then I stayed hooked. And well, those first episodes cool. are pretty dang rough compared yeah. to what ah, they're, they're still. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What do you it's think about like how, how far we've come from those first two episodes long to where ways, we're at guys. now? Yeah, it's it's fun. You're getting exciting guests. You guys are exciting, anyways. You're, you're congealing together, and we well, appreciate and, that. You know, it means it makes a lot. It fun, you know. Congealing, I, Eric. I don't even know what that no, means. Congealed. You're gelling. <laughs> are you gelling like a felon yeah <laughs> but no you know we never plug our website guys workingclassbowhunter.com um facebook instagram twitter we're on everything um if you have 
a question, a comment about the show, you have an opinion, you know, a different way of looking at something, um, shoot us an email, um, working class bowhunter at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Facebook, anything, you know, you know, we're pretty much, we'll respond to you. We can promise you that for sure. So, uh, we try to make a point to do that. Um, try to respond to all the comments and messages and thanks for listening guys. Um, again, this week we have last breath. I guess it'd be TV. Yeah. Last breath TV on the podcast will be in a couple of days. So we're going to have those guys on. We're pretty much booked. I guess you could say we're booked till about June right now. We're getting some good guests in and there's still some that we're got some, uh, some dates up for, you know, just trying to get things scheduled and set in stone. So, um, if there's somebody you'd like to hear on the show, then again, just let us know. We'll, we'll try to make it happen. Or if you have a recommendation, all the lady bow hunters, we got to get some lady bow hunters yes. in here. Yep. Um, we're working on that. Um, we only had the handful of them. We got to focus on that a little more. So thanks, everyone, for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. Thanks, guys.